0: Hello and welcome to today's Blame on the VAR podcast. I'm your host, Yusuf. The Premier League is back and it's back in spectacular fashion. We've had another action-packed weekend with a controversial and very fiery Merseyside derby ending in a draw. Arsenal lost a game at a top six club. Pretends to be shocked. And Spurs' title hopes came alive and died all in the space of 90 minutes. To discuss all of that and more on the panel today, we've got Albi.
1: Hello, I'm Albi.
0: We've got Hello. Denzel.
2: Hello, guys.
0: All right. So, firstly, let's talk about the Merseyside derby and the big story coming out of it, Van Dyke's ACL. So, Albie, I, w- I want to hear your thoughts. How how is this going to affect your season?
1: Um, I think the Premier League is unrealistic. No, it's not like I think we'll probably still be in the title race, but I don't think we'll win it. Even though it is so open this year, I don't. I don't. I don't think we'll win it. Champions League is a little bit different because you can kind of. I think it's less important for the Champions League. We can kind of rely on Salah Romane a little bit more. But for the Premier League, I don't think we'll win it anymore.
0: When when you said, I think the Premier League, I was so worried you were going to say, I think the Premier League should be voided after some of the stuff I've seen from <laughs> Liverpool fans yeah, I mean, the yeah, last yeah, yeah. day. Be, be. After some, mean, of I'd be happy, I'd be some of the stuff I've seen from Liverpool fans in the last day, like uh, it wouldn't have shocked me. But no, I think I think it's going to really affect you. Like, yeah, I mean, I, f- I feel bad for and sympathetic for Van Dijk obviously, but as a United fan, I'm glad that you you've lost. In my opinion, your most
1: important player. Yeah, uh, yeah, obviously.
0: You know, it's gonna and, it's gonna
1: affect anyone to take away the most important player. So
0: yeah, especially not, and it's not just
1: Van Dijk's quality; it's
0: his leadership, it's that presence he has at the back. He's so commanding. Attackers are scared to take him on a lot of the time. Like he's just he brings so much more than just his quality, and that is gonna be a big miss. It'll be and especially with Allison still out for a few more weeks. You've now got you know it'll be Gomez and Matic properly probably. probably. Mm-hmm. Fabinho can also. Shoney can fill in decently at centre back, but they're all yeah, quite injury-prone sure. players. So mm-hmm. you could have some serious problems at the back this season. And and Denzel obviously as as another rival fan, but I'm sure you I sure echo my view of you know glad that they they they've been hit that badly.
2: Um, yeah, as you said, I'm sorry I'm sorry that happens to Van Dijk, obviously But yeah, as a Chelsea fan To see Liverpool miss Liverpool's best, most important signings were Alisson and Van Dijk To have them both out, for me, just seems like You might just go back to Liverpool of old But you never know, because Gomez has matured Since Van Dijk's been with him And Fabinho did look good in the centre-back But And Matip is, I think, quite underrated too But I just think Van Dijk is a big miss Especially with Adrian in between the sticks as well Yeah. So I think Liverpool really struggle there
0: I think Albi can tell us more than anyone about how, how bad Adrian is. Uh, it, I wasn't even shocked
1: at the at the, uh, the keen header. I just, I'm i so numb to it. I just, I'm just i just used to it. And it's he's such a bad goalkeeper. He's the worst player I think I've ever seen play for Liverpool in my life. <laughs> I thought you were
2: about to say he's the worst goalkeeper in the league, but just you wait.
0: Uh, <laughs> I was going <laughs> to say. It's it's a battle between him and another Spanish keeper, to be fair. Denzel <laughs> knows all about him. Yeah. No, but um, this this is the second time he's done his ACL now. He's he's 29 years old, and I'm, I'm not saying all of his game, but a big part of his game is on like his physicality, like the fact that he's so quick and strong, and you know can just dominate defenders. That he can he can catch up to players when they're running behind. A second ACL injury, like, it, Denzel, do you think he's going to be the same player when he comes back? We've seen what it can do to players.
2: I mean, for the sake of football and the sake of Premier League, I hope so. But yeah, you're right. He's 29, going 30, and it's the second time It's happened, because like you even saw, as soon as it happened, you just saw his reaction straight away. He knew that it was a like, he didn't know that he was. He just knew it was a bad injury straight away by his face. Yeah, because you, could, you know Van Dijk. Yeah, it was just it looked painful and horrible to watch. And I've seen the replay so many times, and it just like it makes me cringe every time I see it. So, but. I hope he bounces back and fully recovers. To be fair, but I don't know if we will see the how gargantuan he's been. If we will see that ever again from him.
0: Yeah, I mean, in my opinion, since eighteen nineteen was his true peak, he's still been absolutely unbelievable since then. But it's clearly that it's clear that he's been regressing just a bit, which is, which is natural. But the ACL, I think, I think that's going to affect him quite a lot. I think he'll still be a world class defender, but I, I think it's going to have a big. Effect on him, and obviously, I'm I'm really sorry for him for that. Like, he he might play for my biggest rivals, but it, you never want to see this kind of thing happen to a player. And as a football fan, you you don't want to see the best players in the world get these kind of injuries and have to decline like that. And that's what Van Dyke is—one of the best players in the world. And i be—that must kind of be a big thing for you. And and do you think you're now that a centre back must go top of the list for transfer priorities? <sighs>
1: yeah just for the fact that i don't think gomez is good enough i don't rate gomez i don't like him he's pretty unlikable as a player and i don't think he's any good matip i think is a very good centre back but is way too injury prone so we definitely need a centre back maybe yeah i think it's still top priority just about over a striker i think uh yeah and van dijk i think he'll still be world class as you said i don't i just don't think he'll become continue like being the best defender in the world so he might need someone better to help him yeah
0: Um, I mean I I think I think now that Van Dijk's gone down especially with this the state of your centre-backs I think uh, you've got to prioritize that Matip I I really I rate Matip quite a lot I think when he's on it he's probably a top five centre-back in the Premier League but he's always injured Gomez he's just he He's he's shown he can be a bit unreliable at times. And obviously, like, like we were talking about a few weeks ago, it's kind of unfair to judge players post-lockdown because he's been a lot worse since then. But still, I, th- I think before that, I th- I think having Van Dyke next to him helped him a lot. And he's going to have to step up his game now. Fabinho, I think, is a better centre-back than defensive midfielder, which, honestly, I don't think is hard. But, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I no, I think... <laughs> Again, he's shown he can be a bit injury prone, and, and is this a theme in Liverpool squad now? Like, obviously Van Dijk just picked up big injury. You've got Fabinho, you've got Matip injury prone. Allison's had a few big injuries. You've got Thiago, who's known to be a bit injury prone. Nabi Keita as well. Is, is is injuries starting? So obviously last season we saw Liverpool with no injuries, but our injuries are are they going to become an issue
1: for you now, Albie? Um. I mean, yeah, I think Henderson is another player add to that list. He's been getting quite a few injuries yeah. lately. Um, I think people thought we got no injuries because Salah and Mane didn't get injured and Van Dijk. We did get a lot of injuries last season. It was to more kind of fringe players. And I still think that's the case. Trent and Robertson don't get injured, really. Salah and Mane don't. Alisson has got injured a bit, so I would say he's got to be like the first injury-prone goalkeeper ever. Yeah. But this is what to think about. Yeah. It's such a weird situation with him. I don't, it's probably Adrian kicking him and training. But no, <laughs> I,
0: to, to think about it now, you'd think Edison would be more injury prone than Allison when you look at the way they play.
1: Yeah, you think he'd kind of just get into stupid, you know, just running out and get kicked by a striker or something. Or like mine yeah. kicked him.
0: But. Yeah, that time. Now let, let's talk let's talk about another goalkeeper, the man the man that made the foul, the current bane of all Liverpool fans across the world, Jordan Pickford, and he wasn't punished by the referee and it's been announced today he's gonna face no action. So all right. We'll give we'll give Albi to you know, stop steaming out his head to kind of gather his force a bit, Denzel. What 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 do you think of that decision? I mean I
2: I agree with the decision to be fair because it was a horrible tackle. It was very like it was it was a bad, bad challenge. But I don't think there's any malicious intent in there. He's Pickford's just not great. So I don't think I don't think there's any malicious intent in there because no footballer wants to see someone do their ACL like that. And if you look at Pickford, he did generally cry going for the ball, but I don't know how he thought he'd get it like that or what he thought he was doing. But I agree with the decision for him not to be punished forever, but I think they made the right call considering Van Dyke was offside. But yeah, so I've, I agree with the decision, I'll, be, I'll say.
0: I mean, I, th- I think banning Pickford would actually be, you know, rewarding Everton rather than punishing them, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, to be fair, but
2: I feel like that would be horrible for football if they did ban him. Because with all the rules and new, like, yeah. all the era and everything, it's just banning Pickford after the game when he didn't actually, well, he didn't really do anything wrong, you know. It was just a bad tackle that happened. as part of football, you know. So I think, yeah, banning him would have been horrible for football.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I think I I think people forget. People are painting Pickford as the villain here, but I think I think people forget. Like, it was clearly not his intention to injure Mm. Van Dyke. He was he was quite clearly going for the ball. Like with the Richarlison tackle on Tiago, you could see the kind of malicious intent in it a bit. But with with it was clear he was going for the ball. And I mean, I would have understood if they suspended him. I see what you're saying. I, I still feel like potentially red card, but obviously. Be offside. So, yeah, it's it's a it's a weird situation, and you know it's a subjective one. But I'll I'll be your right to talk. You're not like kind of <laughs> uh, yeah yeah. Things um, not coming out of your head right now.
1: I uh, not really. I just right. I, I've I've accepted it. Um. Yeah. I don't. I kind of in a way agree. I don't think it's like I don't think he meant to injure Van Dyke. But I just think it's. A, terrible tackle, just in general I think if a if a, an outfield player did it, it would have been a red card but yeah. goalkeepers kind of have to storm out more, so I, I get both sides of it, I think, but I would still say it's a red card, but not like stonewall, like 100% there is an argument for both ways
0: Yeah, I, I think, like, like I said it, it's highly subjective and actually apparently Matip's reportedly picked up a knock and is, is injured again like we were just we were just speaking about his how injury prone he is and and now like he's apparently picked up another knock so that's Gomez and Fabinho you're relying on next game and it the centre backs the more I read the centre backs looking more and more a priority for you and a top class world like a, a real world class centre back I think I I know you guys were linked with Ozan Kabak in the summer who's a really good young centre back who I'm a fan of but you might actually just need that top-class centre-half, and, and would you agree, Albie, is there anyone that you, you, you've you got any early thoughts on?
1: Yeah, I think we, I mean, I agree, because Matip's too injury-prone, and we can't live off three centre-backs and a defensive midfielder playing at centre-back, you know, for the rest of the season. I, I, with Van Dijk out all season, that's two centre-backs. But um, I don't I don't think I'd go for someone like Kabach. I'd rather have someone with like a more immediate impact and, at the moment, on the market, it's probably only kind of Upamankano. It's young and can make that impact, I think. But as a personal, if I could take any centre-back right now, I think I'd take Kimpembe. I'm a big fan of his. He's very good last season. He's still decently young. Wouldn't be massively expensive. I think he'd fit great into a club side.
0: Yeah, I think he's a really talented player. And I think... I you know, I'm worried about him for tomorrow for our for our game, but we'll we'll talk about that later. I think him and Van Dijk would be really good, especially he's a left footed centre back as well. So and that we've we've seen how important that can be in terms of playing the ball out from the back. And I think Klopp's trying to make your team a bit more possession based. And that that's good for you. Denzel, do you think Liverpool are gonna need to go out and buy a centre back?
2: Yeah. Yeah, I think this is like we're seeing with the outcomes of not improving your squad after you've won the league. I know they did make a couple signings, but even after the 18 19 season, I think your only major signings was, was Mina Mina, which to me doesn't make any sense. You need to have a, you know, as you said, you, um, you were, I wouldn't say you were blessed with not having injuries because, but it was mainly your squad players that were get injured, not your world class players like Van Dyke, Salomane, Trent, Robertson. So I think Klopp or whoever runs the transfer at Liverpool should take this as a lesson to know that, you know, you never know what happens and you do need someone on the bench who can come and fill the role just as well as your starting
0: players. Well, yeah, exactly. And and I think the competition is so key and that's like one of the reasons why teams like United dominated for so long in the Premier League because we just we strengthened year upon year upon year and we we kept everyone fighting for their place. And you look at the number of world-class players for Alex Ferguson let go, players like Van Nistelrooy, players like Roy Keane, who had served the club so well, in my opinion, the best captain in our history. You know, players like David Beckham, who was one of the best players in the world, but like, he 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 cut them off when it was when it was time to go. And he always brought in someone who he always kept the competition strong. And that's what you have to do. And we, even when you look at Guardiola's City side, they won the league and bought Riyad Mahrez, who, in my opinion, is the second-best winger in the league.
1: Yeah.
0: And, and they don't even start him every week. They had Sterling, Sane, Mahrez, Bernardo Silva as options on the wing. How crazy is that? It's like
2: how Jose Mourinho has said before, Man City could have two teams finish in the top four. You know, it's got something really important that not many clubs actually think about thoroughly enough, I think.
0: Yeah I, I completely agree and I think with Liverpool like you said it was it was they were lucky that it was more their squad players that got injured not their main men but if if say someone like Salah or gets injured this season Liverpool are in big
1: trouble and I mean really yeah, big so trouble now we've got Jota I don't think that's as much of an issue but it's, it's, not, it's obviously like an issue it's a big issue but it's not as bad as it would have been last the last few seasons you know yeah, I mean, I'm I'm sure you Liverpool fans wouldn't mind Firmino
0: getting injured. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't even want to get into Firmino. Yeah, but Thiago was man the match on Saturday, and I thought you know I saw some people saying he had a stinker, but I, I, I miss I missed the first half of the game for something, but second half I I came back I watched I thought he played really well actually I thought he was he was dictating play he was playing some really nice passes that. Some of those, forward, those no look forward passes were excellent. That that one to head, that one to Mane for the Henderson goal, I think it was. He's he after that Richarlison tackle, apparently he's picked up a knock too, and it might be out for a short while. Now what Richarlison's known to do this kind of thing before, like you know, getting get into it a bit, like put in some aggressive aggressive challenges. Do we think do you think he needs to calm down a bit, Denzel?
2: No, I do not. I think uh, those are my favorite type of footballers: the Diego Costas, the Suarez's, the well, Richarlison now, the ones you know who make sure that defenders and players know who they are. It's a nightmare to play against. Obviously, I don't want to see him injure anyone, of course. But I don't know. I think I really like. I wouldn't say ugly footballers, but you know what I mean by the ugly style yeah. football.
0: So, players like player, Sergio Ramos, players who. Yeah, like, exactly. Who let you know it's that like, they're there?
2: Yeah, those are my favourite type of footballers. So to be, I wouldn't say calm down, but I would just say be more mindful that you don't actually injure anyone.
0: Yeah, be be a bit more mindful. Obviously, be more mindful that you don't get sent off. You've, you've got to be clever with this kind of thing. Yeah. But again, Richarlison, he's, like, he's been playing quite well for Everton. In fact, Everton as a whole have been playing really well. Albie, do you, do, what, what, what do you think about Richarlison's tackle on Thiago and Thiago possibly being injured? How How can that affect you?
1: Um, I mean Thiago being injured, it it's bad because he looked so good against Chelsea and then got injured and oh no, so he got COVID and then uh, looked so good against Everton and is possibly injured, but it would only be for the Ajax game, so it's not much of an issue. Yeah. The Richarlison Santagico is it's just a bad it's just a bad tackle. You see it happen a lot of the time when a striker goes in for a tackle. I'm not. I don't think it's really his fault. It's just a very mistimed tackle that's obviously stonewall red, but no intent to injure him, I don't think.
0: Yeah, that I I, I agree. Anyway, this um this, this let's talk about Calvert Lewin. He he scored at the weekend, obviously. He's he's in the form of his life and he's been in really good form since Carlo Ancelotti came. Like, some sometimes, you know, players The talent's there, they just need that manager who unlocks it and Ancelotti's one of the best managers at unlocking that and he seems to have done that for a lot of the Everton squad then so what do you you think about how how far they can go this season?
2: I mean, you have Carlo Ancelotti, you know he's one of the greatest managers in football history come to Everton and make them look like Champions League quality he got the signings he wanted he's got Dominic Cavalewin looking like one of the best strikers in the world which I'm a big fan of Dominic Cavalewin now I wasn't before, but sitting in Honda, actually, I think he's a great striker, a complete forward. And, yeah, I think Everton, I wouldn't go ahead of myself and say, you know, Everton could finish second or win the league. But I think a top four Europa League sport is something realistic for them. And I think it'd be great to see them there as well.
0: I said at the start of the season, top four. Not top four, I said start of the season Europa League before before the season started. But, you know what, I think, I think they can really push for top four now with the way I other think- teams are playing. Obviously, the start of the season is always quite chaotic. I think we'll have to see how they carry on. But, you know, in 16-17, for example, when you guys won the league, you didn't have Champions League football. I'm not saying ever or even any European football. I'm not saying Everton are going to win the league. but And people are talking about their squad depth for the fact they don't have to play European games. That's That's got to be a big bonus.
2: Yeah, I agree. I think them missing out on not having Europe, especially with COVID football as well, and how clump matches are together, I think, would be a big help for them. And I think, yeah, you're right. You know, top four pitch really does seem likely, considering how everyone else has started the season. So if they can carry on their form, then yeah, sure, I know.
0: Yeah, and I, and I mean, I I, I completely agree about Cover Lewin. He's just he's become so good. He's always in the right place at the right time. He's so physically dominant. His ver his 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 leap is his is crazy. That goal that he scored, how high he jumped. I was just. That's that's the kind of height Ronaldo gets on his jumps, and we all we all know what he's how, how famous his big how famous his leap is. Like, it was so good. And Ancelotti, the team in general, are just playing such good football. And he's changed up the club as well. Like, the club have always spent money, but they've never spent smartly, if you know what I mean. Yeah. But he's he's got his targets. Obviously, he worked with Alan at. Napoli he's worked with Rodriguez at a few clubs now he 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 saw how good the core potentially could be and they're all playing very well for him it's a shame he didn't get a goalkeeper but his team, are, they're playing really good football and everyone is playing in a role perfectly suited to them and that's the thing i like about ancelotti he just he makes football so simple he just yeah. does the most simple things when uh, where other managers would overcomplicate it, and it works almost every time. He's he's that good. And I'll be it. Mu- it must be like frustrating for you, obviously, to see Everton doing well. Obviously, not as well as you, but it, it's kind of been a holding the thing you've been able to hold over Everton fans' heads for years that you're that much better. But now they look like they're not too far behind.
1: Yeah, it's it's weird because I don't mind that much because it was. It's kind of like I'm so tired of watching nil nils at Goodison from them defending all game, and it was quite refreshing to see an exciting game for once. But um, yeah, it's 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 a weird feeling because usually they get hyped up loads at the start of the season and they do terribly. But this season, they didn't I didn't see much hype about them, and they've started off so well. Are They top of the league, I think now still. They're yeah, second behind or... Aston Villa. Yeah. It's that is like, so weird to say. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Villa, and, Villa and everything top is, yeah. But like I think they have a realistic chance at top four. I th- but I think people are definitely getting carried away when they're saying title contenders because they haven't re- – played us and Spurs out of kind of big t- bigger teams. And they played very well against Spurs, but I think they got very lucky against us. And I think if they play like that against us – with how they did against us, against the big teams, they won't get as lucky, I don't think, but top four, fourth place is very realistic for them, and it's quite a scary thought for them to get Champions League.
0: Yeah, and speaking of luck for Everton, they had a very big VAR decision.
1: What's, what's your thoughts on that ruled-out goal?
0: Um,
1: it it was just, it, I just didn't even look offside with the lines, it's, it's just that stupid, and uh, it was such a well, worked goal and last minute. I don't, I've not been more angry about a VAR decision for my own team before. And there's been probably some worse decisions that mattered less, but it, it was one of the worst decisions I've ever seen.
0: It was, it was just like, it was such a ridiculous offside that I, I, I was on the floor laughing to the point that I couldn't even breathe anymore. Like my lungs were hurting. That's, that's how funny I found it. Like it, it, it just, and, and that's my problem with this offside rule, is offsides like that, that just, they, they just, like, what's the point? Like, Denzel, we were speaking about it a few weeks ago, the, these rules, they we're only just getting used to them, but then we see a goal like this, and that's what makes it so tough.
2: Yeah, I, I guess, here's the problem I have with VAR, and I really hope I don't go on for too long, because I could go on about how much I hate VAR forever. But the whole point of... VAR coming in was for clear and obvious mistakes, and it was to stop, you know, some like if referee make a big mistake, you stop it. I think bringing in VAR for offsides, we have to bring in these lines, and you have to like with microscopic vision to see someone is like one centimeter or a hair offside is the stupidest thing ever because you don't gain that much advantage for it. The whole point of VAR, or oh, sorry, the whole point of the offside rule is essentially stopping from goal hanging. Someone being a, like a toe offside doesn't make a difference, you know. I don't see why we have VAR coming in to see these, like, really miniature offsides. I think that should be taken out completely and should be used if it's a clear and obvious mistake, something that you can't see the naked eye.
0: Yeah, I mean, a, a clear and obvious mistake not, is, is a clear and obvious mistake. I think VAR could be useful for that. But then you get offsides like that, which are, like you said, microscopic. Like, how 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 do you even see that? It's just it, – it it doesn't make any sense, but – I, I'm just glad it happened to Liverpool. It's, it's so funny.
2: Yeah, I know it does feel good to see Liverpool fans a bit humble now, you know. They got carried away the last couple of seasons.
0: Yeah, but it's it's just it was such a ridiculous offside, like I said, and, and do you think VR needs to be scrapped? Denzel.
2: I wouldn't say scrapped, no, but I do think it should be changed. It should be it should come in. For really like clear and obvious, like as I said, clear and obvious mistakes. It shouldn't be for these miniature things that you know the no one, no one will see that in real life. You know, no referee. You couldn't, you can't expect any referee to see that an offside that's one centimeter offside. No one can see that with the naked eye. So I wouldn't say scrap it, but I do bring it in just because referees do make mistakes and they do make big mistakes. And obviously they're human; they're not robots. So yeah, I guess VR can have some positives, but I think the way it's used should
1: be changed.
0: Yeah, and Albie, would, would you agree with Denzel? I, I completely agree with what
1: you're saying. Yeah, obviously. It's like the, the start of the season, VR's not really had any issues until now. You know, the red card system's a lot better where the referee goes and sees it and the penalties. I think that's worked a lot better. So that is a good change they've made, but they do need to change the offside rule to just have some leeway or something or just not draw the lines. It's just so stupid. It makes no sense. It's, 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 it's crazy But No
0: Okay moving, moving on from the Liverpool game Now let's talk about Chelsea Versus Southampton Really big game And Chelsea conceding three goals again Like They've done it to West Ham They've done it to Southampton they, they, They've been conceding quite a lot of goals And we saw that last season as well Is there A structural issue Denzel
2: um no, there's a keppa issue. <coughs> yeah, because okay. It's the, the, the goal where Zuma did the horrible back pass. Yeah, Zuma made the mistake. Zuma made the initial mistake, yeah. Kepa comes in with his feet, he can't pick up, I understand. Okay, cool. Now you're running back after the players touched it. Why are you going for a slide tackle In your box as a goalkeeper When you have two hands and you're six foot plus I don't understand that whatsoever And then the first goal The first goal we conceded was from Havertz mistake You know And then yeah. the third goal I guess it's harsh to blame anyone for that for walker strike That came off I can't remember who came off Who headed it in But yeah I guess you know it's. I feel sorry for Lampard kind of Because people are like I've seen Chelsea fans saying Lampard out Or Lampard can't make a defensive team, but how do you coach defensive, like, player error, you know? Zuma's been good for us all season. He started the season really well. He made a mistake. Havertz gave the ball away and then Keppel decides that on a one-on-one versus Danny Yang, probably one of the best strikers in the league at the moment, to plant your feet whilst coming up, which makes no sense to me whatsoever.
0: The funniest thing was he missed the ball when he tried to kick it. (sighs) I (laughs) I wish he had a professional footballer. It's it's all it's to a point where it's
2: sad now. I don't understand how you make a mistake every game. It just, you're oh, 72 million for a keeper who makes a mistake every single time he plays. I don't understand. I remember he kept a clean sheet on the international break and Sky Sports were gassing it up saying so kept a clean sheet. He made one save. One save and they were gassing it. It's just, that's the point. That's the level it's going to. And when we had Mendy in goal with Thiago Silva in the back against Crystal Palace, when Chris Palace were attacking, I didn't feel the type of fear I feel when it's Kepper in goal. When Kepper is in goal, every time a cross comes into the box, every time they look for a shot in goal, I generally think, oh, we're about to concede.
0: And it's the thing about Kepper; he lacks so many basic fundamentals required to be a goalkeeper. And, and then people talk about him in La Liga, but the idea that he was actually good in La Liga, he was not that good in La Liga. He was not, really average. Nowhere near £72 million good.
2: Yeah, I, I the seventy-two million. We don't. We uh, talking about the price tag. It's just you know we were we were in a bad state. We were having so many horrible transfers at that time, and Kepper just tops it all off.
0: And that that to me, that's that's the worst transfer I've ever seen in my life. It, it,
2: you know, I don't want to digress too much from this week's action, but he under sorry, he wasn't bad. Like he helped us in the Europa League and the Carabao Cup. Carabao Cup as well to get to the final. We don't have to talk about the actual final. <laughs> I don't know how it went so wrong but yeah Keppa's just but then i know lampard as well his lineup decisions to me just don't make any sense anymore like i don't know how mason mount starts on the wing every single week i'm i'm a fan of mason mount i love him he came from the academy but when you have someone like acaston doing on the bench who's actually a natural winger i don't understand why you start mount on the yeah. wing i, I, I
0: don't think understand.
2: How Christensen comes into the team when Tomori's had been... When Christensen got sent off and Tomori came on, Tomori looks good against Liverpool. I don't know how Christian starts ahead of him. I don't know who decides to start Kepa. I, I would rather Cavalero or get a youth keeper in there, you know?
0: But... Anyone but Kepa, yeah. And and I, I think, like... I think Lampard's too obsessed with picking Mason Mount. I think he he needs to drop him at some point because it's, it's, it's getting crazy now where... He's his team his team is attack is unbalanced. Like he's forcing Mount into the team. It just it just doesn't work. But no, and, and like you said, you don't understand the team selection. That's what a lot of Chelsea fans are complaining about. Like you say it's a Kepa issue, but then you're hearing Chelsea fans say look Lampard's the guy who picks Kepa. Lampard's the guy who picks Christensen. Do you do, do should we take that into consideration
2: here? Yeah, it is Lampard's Team selections have been a bit questionable, but again, I don't want to. Christensen didn't have a bad game; he didn't make the mistake. But I just think Tomori and Zuma are a better partnership than Christensen and Zuma, you know. Because if you watch the game, Zuma didn't look comfortable with that backline. I'm I'm not saying that's an excuse, but like he playing with Keppel having when you're playing with a keeper that like you're not confident in, you're not going to be at your best, you know. You can't take the risks you think you can take, even though you didn't take three risks. So
0: yeah, I don't know. completely agree. Um and 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 Albi as a rival fan, do you think Lampard's on? Do you think Lampard should be under pressure? Do you think his job should be under threat right now? We've got, we've seen Mauricio Pochettino's free, Maximiliano Allegri is free, you know, other managers potentially free soon. Do you think? Do you think Lampard like will be feeling the pressure a bit in after some recent performances?
1: Yeah, because I think last season he had an excuse. You know, it was, um. You no, know, he didn't have any signings apart from Pulisic, but that wasn't even his signing, I don't think, was it? No. Uh, no, it wasn't. But this season, I don't think he has an excuse. He had all the money. He's made signings that he wanted. I don't think he's under pressure at the moment, but I think he's he might be if he continues on like this because he has to wait for the team to gel. So you kind of have to give him the benefit on the doubt and that. And Thiago Silva and Mendia haven't been available enough, enough for him lately. So you can you can give him the benefit of the doubt at the moment. But if he continues like this for the next five games, then you'd say it was under pressure, I think his job. Yeah. Yeah. I
0: compl- I completely agree. Like I think for now we give him the benefit of the doubt, but if things don't improve, we've 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 gotta start talking about it. And Denzel would would you agree with that? I think we have Sevilla tomorrow
2: and we have United on Saturday. If we don't win both of those games I'm I i do not want to join our toxic fan base, but I will be side eyeing Lampard thinking, wow, what's going on.
0: Yeah. And and I mean it's not necessarily it might be it's not necessarily toxic to kinda of, like question the map and I mean obviously there's some fan bases which like they it gets toxic so you you've seen L U H G for United, how how some of them are. And I think you've they, it's okay to question your manager or even want them out, but I think there's got to be a limit to kind of how far you go. And I, I use like when you see fans wanting their teams to lose games, I just I, I don't agree with that personally. But no, Timo Werner had a good game, two goals and an assist. Like that's surely gotta do a lot for his confidence, well. Yeah, Timo Werner had a great game. I mean our whole attack had a great game to be fair. PvC looked sharp
2: coming back from his injury. Timo Werner looked good. That that first goal he scored, that turn was wow. Like, oh, I, was, I that made me literally leap off my seat. The you
1: second goal,
2: the, the second goal, the touch and the finish and the header was just everything was beautiful about that. And the up Haber straight after we just conceded as well was good. And Havertz had a good game as well. But yeah, I hope I hope this is now Timo Berni is going to get off running. You know, to so see the Timo Berni and hopefully probably try to get a 20 goals in the league season. You know.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I think we've still got to see how he does against some of the other teams. especially Southampton play quite a high line, but yeah, we we've got to see how he does against some of the lower blocks or teams who don't play as high. But I I agree. Like after the standards he set for himself in the Bundesliga, there's yeah. there's got to be, you know. So he's got. He's got to have a good return, especially with the price tag. And and be that performance from both Werner and Havertz players, you were linked to in the summer. Does that kind of make you wonder about what what could have been?
1: Yeah, I mean, I would. I was a big fan of Werner. Definitely wanted him in. I think we missed out heavily. I think I feel less about like like that with Havertz because we'd have to change the system for him, and we kind of have to make a big adjustment for a player that. Is realistically a big risk, but I think Verner. I'm. I was very sad we missed out on him, and now he's kind of started to settle in and played so well against Southampton. I mean, that first goal was just incredible. You know, it, it was something that none of our players can do. I don't think, and that very few players in the world can do. So it's it was, it's very disappointing to miss out. It on It was him.
0: seriously, it was amazing, but and and I agree, like that that could give off. You know, what, that, it I'd actually say Havertz is more suited to your system. I'd say for the role Firmino plays, I'd say, I'd say Havertz would have been perfect for that. And I actually said this a while ago. Like Liverpool should have splashed the cash on Kai Havertz. I think yes, he would have been the perfect player. Like the way he kind of links links up playing stuff the way Firmino does. He he does. He's probably not as got as much of a work rate, but Klopp Klopp would have put that into him. But otherwise, he's, he's so much better than Firmino in so many different aspects of the game. and That's not hard. Yeah, it's, that's <laughs> true. I mean, with the number of big chances Firmino's missing whilst only scoring like nine goals. But he, he's that much of an upgrade on Firmino that I know you guys general, like, have tried not to spend too big at times. But if I were you, I thrown, I would have broken the bank for him. I think he would have been perfect for you personally. Right, moving on to some of the weekend's other actions. So, um, Manchester City versus Arsenal. Obviously, Arsenal lost another big six game and this, this record's getting worrying now away from home. And Denzel, what do you think about Pep's setup for the game, his formation? It was a bit of a strange one. I mean, it's Pep, you know, he's a genius. He's a footballing genius.
2: i had never seen anything like that before. It was like, yeah, that's probably the great formation I've seen. But I guess, you know, it worked. They stay. It was a decent game and they got the three points at the end, kept a clean sheet. So I guess, you know, you can't really him there.
0: Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, he got the business done and we all know what Pep's like. He's like, I think sometimes he really overcomplicates things and this this could have been an example of that. It could have gone very badly, but he made it work somehow. You know, he's, he's, he's like you said, he's a football genius. So... No matter what he does, I think sometimes you just got to trust him. Albie, well, would you agree with us?
1: Yeah, I mean, it worked, but it was kind of very weird. It was a weird decision. Yeah. He makes them a lot, but it, it worked, so you can't really argue against it. They won. Yeah, it was PG. kind of like
0: a 1-3-2-1-3. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It <laughs> It was strange, but it, yes, you can't right. you can't argue with it when it keep when you keep a clean sheet and you win the game. So
0: yeah, and you know for once Edison actually made some pretty big saves. So but no, and then there's, there's this this video of Aguero type, like, touching the female official on like the shoulders, neck. Arby, what do you what do you, what do you make of that? <laughs>
1: uh, I, I uh, if I didn't know it happened, my life would be no different. It's like it just doesn't matter in the slightest. It, it it's not. It's it just doesn't matter.
0: Yeah, I I agree. I, I, it was made too big a deal of. Dental? Do 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 you think that? It's
2: really not a problem at all. It's it's the same way you would treat a male footballer. I mean, sorry, referee, so I don't see what the issue is.
0: Yeah, and actually, one female football influencer quoted a video. Or posted a video of it saying. I, I actually I think this is more respectful that he's done this because it's what he would have done to a male official. So if he's if he's doing a term, actually she was she was glad about it. And yeah. yeah, I just I just think people make mountains out of molehills with this kind of stuff. I I don't think what he did was actually too big of an issue.
2: Yeah, I agree. It, it wasn't an issue at all. I don't know why it, it blew up so much, but I guess
0: that's the power of social media. I guess that's just what you know, football Twitter is. But were Arsenal, were they too cagey and could and should they have done more? I mean, it's kind of funny that
2: Arteta was under Pep for so long and it seems like he took most of his footballing ideas with his squad so far from Jason Mourinho, Pep's biggest rival, which I think is kind of ironic. However, I was seeing some Arsenal fans on Twitter saying that... um, their attacking moves and how they play looks too choreographed. Like it looks like they just they just have the tactics that Arteta's got and they just sit out from that plan. Like you kind of watch a rehearsal, which I agree. They seem they need more players just taking it and like grabbing the match and trying to do their own little thing. And I think Pepe would be good at that, you know, but I don't know if Arteta doesn't give them the freedom to do so. Or if maybe the players just aren't brave enough to do it. But yeah, I agree. I feel like is it just trying to move away from just what they practice on the training ground and try to be more? Yeah,
0: dynamic. They're, they're a bit they're a bit robotic, if you know what I mean. And, and obviously yeah. it's worked a lot of the time so far, but you can't. Some sometimes you need to defer from the game plan a bit and just you know create something out of nothing. Be a bit more innovative. And Arsenal have a player who, in his prime, was known for being more innovative than probably anyone else in Meza, Özil, and Albi. Do you think like? Do you think Arsenal need to get him back into the team and not like, without him, what
1: did they do for creativity? Um, no, I don't think they do. <laughs> it's like what's he done in the last two years to warrant it? He's the only thing I can remember is him playing well in a five five draw against Seth Vandenberg against Liverpool. Yeah, it's
0: like
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean I saw someone on Twitter gassing a pre assist like a few months ago and it's like, <laughs> that's his level now. You know, it, he needs to go. It's best for both both parties if he yeah. goes.
0: I think he needs he needs a change of scenery and Arsenal need to kind of move away from him, maybe get his wages off the books and invest in someone new, invest in someone who can provide the level of creativity that a prime Ozil can or even close. If, if you get somebody who can provide, provide even close to that level of creativity, you're doing well because we all know how just... Amazing he was, in in his prime. He's one of my favorite footballers ever.
2: Yeah, I agree. But I mean, it just seems like you give him 350k a week, he's not gonna leave. He just he seems comfortable. Like it's almost like a bear at Roma situation. He seems happy to just wait, get his contract out and get collect his paycheck. Yeah,
1: but yeah, I agree. They do paying.
2: need. Yeah, they do need someone of his creativity, or his style. But I don't think with him, he's past it. You know, he's past his best. Arsenal fans need to let it go and he needs to let it go and just bring in someone new.
0: Yeah, and, and obviously like we we know someone like Harris for example, like he's very vocal about that. He's like he appreciates what Uzul did, but he lives here and now. Like he, he he's gotta be replaced. Yeah. I I mean I think for now I wouldn't mind as an if I was an Arsenal fan, I wouldn't mind trying to get him back into the team and seeing like while they have nobody else seeing if he if you can just get one last bit of squeeze something out of him anything because you you think about it, you don't lose your vision or your ability to pass a ball like and those were Ozil's greatest strengths so if 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 you can just squeeze anything out of him like I I I'd, I'd give it a try but obviously if he just keeps playing how he has for the last two years then they've got they've got completely cut ties Talking about City now, Ruben Diaz,
1: Albie Wood. What, what do you think of him so far? I'm, I'm quite disappointed because he's looking to be a good signing. Uh, he's, he's great against Leeds. Uh, I didn't kind of watch the Leeds game, but I did hear from rival. You know, if you, if rivals are saying good things about a player, you know, they played well usually. And then, and then against Arsenal, I thought he was very good. He looked, he looked just like a right-footed Laporte. To be honest. He just looked in control, good passer, didn't make any errors, really.
0: And he's a and solid uh, player. Yeah. And I heard very good things about him in the eighteen nineteen season. And then I watched him at the Nations League for Portugal. That final performance, Van Dijk and De Litt were the opposite centre-back pairing. And he was the best centre-back on the pitch. He He dominated that game. And I was just like, wow. This, and I've rated him since then. I've, I've followed him a bit. He's a really good quality player, who I actually wanted at United that summer that we signed Maguire for eighty million. But you know, he, I think I think he's he's he'll really shore up City's defence. And obviously, he's helped them keep a clean sheet. And Denzel, do you think that would do a lot for their confidence?
2: Yeah, I think it should because they haven't started the season as well as I would have thought they would. But he does look like a good signing. And, like, because I think a testament to how good he has been, he came in for, I think, about 60 million. And no one's really actually mentioned his price act like, because he's come in and he's done his job, you know. So I think, yeah, City have got a good signing there.
0: Yeah. And and I think, like, especially with the blow Liverpool have just taken, we know what Pep Guardiola's like. We know how good City are. He'll want to capitalize. He'll want City to kind of take advantage. And, and Albie, are you, are you more scared of City now, would you say?
1: Uh, yeah, I am. I mean, I think without without Diaz, because well, you know, there's like a period where they just it didn't look like they were going to make a sign in at centre back. Without Diaz, I would have been a lot less worried. I think, but it's kind of they've got two new centre backs now. If one of them gets injured, Ake can step in, and he's a very good third choice. And uh, yeah, it, it, you know, they've sorted out all their issues. They never had any issues in midfield or up front last season, and now they have sorted out their real issue which was the centre backs and I think they probably are favourites for the league now maybe second I'm not sure but they you know yeah it's very scary
0: I'd say so right let's talk about United and Newcastle now and Solskjaer's been under a lot of pressure was that win Denzel was it is it just is it just prolonging the inevitable or was that do you think that's actually a turning point for us
2: I think about to see that Solskjaer magic that we saw when he first came in, you know, when Mourinho was sacked. I think, I don't know, it's a bit weird because I thought, you considered early, so I thought, okay, that's it, game's done. When Harry Maguire equalised, and you had that flurry at the end. You even got Wan-Bissaka to score, so I think that's a sign of that Solskjaer magic, you know, it's going yeah. to come in. They're going to go on a good win streak. They'll probably beat Chelsea, unfortunately. It uh, drains to say, but I don't see us winning that game. And I think you go in a good wing streak for like a good couple of games and we'll just go back in a circle back to where we are now of people saying he should be sacked. So do you think yeah, you're right. I think sorry, I I, I think you're right about it just um, prolonging the inevitable.
0: Yeah, and, and first of all, can I just say one that, ha- that, that, that that was a that was a that was a prime aguero finish and that knee slide was perfect. Like <laughs> he's he's got to have been practicing that. That's probably why he took so long to score. He wanted that celebration to be perfect. Yeah, but no, I, I agree. I think we're gonna go we're gonna go on another purple patch of wins, like because he's under pressure. And that's the thing with social. Whenever he's under pressure, he delivers, and then when it's not under he's not under pressure, we falter, and it's just frustrating because you know why can you not always be under pressure? Like you know the standards at this club are far lower than they need to be. Like we we need if Ole could consistently keep up. You know, the form he's had in these patches, then I'd fully back him. But I, I think we're going to go on another patch now. But I still think the the same problems are going to be there. I still think we're going to be inconsistent. I still think we're going to end up, you know, regressing again. And it's just, it, it's a cycle. It's going in circles. And, and, and yeah, I think, I think it's just prolonging the inevitable, this win. But someone who had a standout performance for me was Juan Mata. I'll be
1: your thoughts. Yeah, he, he, he does that a bit, actually. I, I think he sometimes pops up with a, with a good performance recently. He isn't great in most of his games, but, you know, the other day he was actually very good and you've got you to gotta give him credit for it because you don't lose ability, you lose fitness and you lose sharpness and consistency, but you don't lose ability and you can see that with matter. You know, he's always been an amazing player just at the end of his career and he's kind of one of them players that you can... You can afford to keep around the club just because you will give you one of those performances every now and then.
0: Yeah, I think I think he's the ideal squad player and we only need those performances every now and again. But like he's no matter what, whenever he comes into the team, he does his job, he performs. He he's not got the legs anymore. I mean, he was never the quickest or anything. He's not got the legs at all anymore, but it's his intelligence which stands out to me. And obviously, Denzel, you've seen that as a as a Chelsea fan, you saw just how good Matter can be.
2: Yeah. Matter's one was one of my favourite Chelsea players when he was at Chelsea. It was sad to see him go the way he did. But I agree. Mata, I I because I remember seeing the lineup and I was thinking, wow Mata, why Mata still plays for Man United. I completely forgot he existed. And <laughs> when watching the game, he had a chance that was saved and I was kinda like even though I despised United, I was kinda hoping it went in just for him, you know.
0: Yeah, I mean it was it was offside in the end, I think. The Rashford for chance you're talking about.
2: No, I think it was Matter who took the shot and it was saved oh, by the keeper.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, that uh, yeah, he's just he's such a reliable squad player to have and also his experience and just the kind of person he is, he's so useful to have around the club. Um I, I I was strongly against getting rid of him whilst a lot of United fans did. I'm like, look, you lot we were talking earlier about the importance of squad players, and a squad player like Mata is a very good squad player to have. Yeah. And I just yeah, it it's it's that kind of performance though, that kind of creativity he's just he's so technically like in control and that's what Jaden sancho could have brought to us except Jaden sancho's you know quicker younger more of a goal scorer he's better in one v one situations it's just frustrating and actually seeing how mata played the think what it made me think was how annoyed i was that we didn't go for mares instead of alexis sanchez in in 2018 that's what really annoyed me. I was just like, you, we, we could have had this a couple of years back, but better. Yeah,
2: that's true.
0: Yeah, and van der Beek again, a, a good cameo. Albi, do you think he needs to be starting for us?
1: No. Uh, I think, I mean, the realistically, the player that he'd be replacing would be Bruno, probably. And yeah. Bruno's better. I mean, Bruno or Pogba, and Pogba and Bruno are better. And it, it just, the midfield wouldn't be balanced enough. So that's why I think, no, Andy is quite inconsistent. But um, generally, I think, very good squad player to have. And maybe for Champions League games, you'd rotate him in and out. Yeah. I think. And, and I mean, like, I think
0: potentially if we use Bruno on the right and kind of let him operate in the half space, play, play almost like the De Bruyne role, just hug the touchline and create from there and let Van der Beek play in the behind Martial then potentially but otherwise it's just it's hard to fit them all in and yeah it's it's I'd love for him to be starting but it's it's just it doesn't make sense at this moment in time Maguire's obviously scored a goal that will do a lot for his confidence he's had a really tough few weeks Denzel. but yeah what do you think of that goal and performance will do for him
2: yeah, I think it's something he needs that little bit of peace of confidence and I hope it does help him because he was really bad to the point where he even took it into international duty. And with the, like, I was saying, at some point it just gets sad, you know, it's not really enjoyable anymore. You kind of start to feel sorry for the players.
0: Yeah. And, um, Albie, do you, do you think again, like, it'll, like he looked like he was about to cry when he got sent off for England. He just, You could tell he was fed up, and he's, he's bounced back well. Credit to him. Albie. do you think that will be a turning point for him, potentially,
1: as an individual? I don't, I don't think he's ever been as bad as he's been playing at the start of the season, but I don't think he's that good. Yeah, so I totally agree back, with that. He's one of those players where I think if you put him next to a good centre-back, he'd be decent because he's he's good on the ball and he's kind of a useful player to have, but he's nothing special. And it's kind of like, if he does bounce back, he'll bounce back to something just above mediocrity. So, you know, you know you're not missing loads when he's not yeah, playing well. I'd agree. I mean, I think he's there,
0: especially considering we try to kind of play a high line a lot of the time now, I think he's definitely not suited to that because he just, he's just so slow. Like it's, it's like watching football in slow motion when Harry Maguire is running. He, need, he yeah. needs someone with crazy recovery speed next to him. And now, now, for our game tomorrow, like this, this, it's, it's a big subject of talking points. So like, how should we line up? Because obviously, in these bigger games, Ole's been a bit more pragmatic. It's generally worked. So, Denzel, well, what do you reckon we should go with?
2: I hope you go with your strongest lineup and rest some players on Saturday. But in all seriousness, I think you should go for the lineup that you had when you that run of games you had at the start, at the end of last season. Sorry, when we came back from came back from the coronavirus break. So I think if you go with that lineup, maybe you have I think maybe Mata did warrant a start instead of ahead of Greenwood, in the right hand side of your midfield. I think that'd be a good lineup. A good lineup for you guys. And if Marsh, should be. Yeah, he's, he's going to no, he was just yeah. Martial should be playing again. So I think if you go with that that formation and maybe start telling the head of Luke Shaw, you guys should constantly win your game. No, sorry, yeah. you're playing PSG, aren't you? Yeah, PSG. Oh, yeah, sorry, it's not constantly win your game, but yeah, it would give you a better, much better chance.
0: Yeah, and, and I see the argument of some people saying like about the pragmatic and how it's worked, but again, you're sitting parking the bus. Do you want Mbappe and Neymar running at our leaky defence for 90 minutes? Like, yeah, the hair is gonna have a lot to do. A lot.
2: They had did have a good game against Newcastle. He did pull off some great saves that we looked at the hair of all. He's
0: yeah, and, and we've all. seen when the hair is busy, he'll generally do well. Albie, would would you
1: agree? Yeah, it's kind of, it's really strange with the hair because it's never like he'll make an amazing save then make a mistake. He'll either make like a series of amazing saves in one game then make a mistake in another game, and it's kind of. He's either on it or not. It's it's just baffling
0: to see. But how how would you go? Either. if you if you were in charge of this United team, how how would you line up?
1: I mean, I think your starting eleven is pretty obvious. Yeah. I feel like wait, so but Maguire's not fit for the PSC game, if I'm correct. No, he's not fit. I I mean, who would you even play next to Lindelof? I don't know. Baye well, is he also
0: Bailly's, not, not travelled, but Axel Tsunzebi
1: um, has. Two, on, so yeah, two and I, I mean, I'd, if I'm being honest, I don't have much of an opinion on him. I've not watched him yeah. enough. I know a lot no, of, of United fans do like him. Well, a few United fans do like him, so I'm not sure. But then I'd probably just, you know, I think the midfield is Matic, Pogba, Bruno. That's pretty easy. Telles in the left back. The, your normal front three with Greenwood. in. I think that's pretty simple.
0: Yeah, and, and I think like PSG's defence, especially that they've got, they've got an injury at the back, I think. Uh, they've got Marquinhos possibly out. They've got Paredes and Verratti out in midfield. You know what, right? Rather than pragmatism, I see the opportunity to actually control the game, take control of the midfield battle, get our attackers involved. And PSG, they've got injuries at full-back too. Like, get at their full-backs. Really, we've got Marcus Rashford and Mason Greenwood, two really good 1v1 players. We've got Anthony Martial again, who can really take these defenders on, who is so good at linking play. He can bring them into play. And seriously, you know, we can do damage. The only worry is about leaving our defense exposed, and then there's like, it's Pogba and Matic, they've not got the most work rate. And that's why I'd consider starting Fred over Matic. And we saw how well that, I had my doubts about it but We saw how well the Fred, Pogba, Fernandes midfield worked against Sevilla. That game, the mid, those midfielders were the best players on the pitch. And we should have won that game. It was defensive errors and poor finishing, which lost us that game. But those midfielders were excellent. And I think Fred's kind of intensity, his work rate off the ball, his press resistancy is important to have in the team. And yeah, I'd go Zebi as centre-back. I think Zebi, to me, in terms of the natural qualities he possesses, he's a complete centre-back. He's comfortable on the ball. He's very quick. He's very strong. You know, he's, he's good in the air. He's just, he's got everything we really need. And, you know, we're going to need his speed and ability to defend in transition against the likes of Neymar and Mbappe. And Lindelof, again, I think, I'd, I'd, even if Maguire was fit, I would start Lindelof over him for this game because in 1v1 situations, which we're gonna find ourselves in a lot of with Neymar and Mbappe, Lindelof is much more suited than the Maguire because Maguire dives in and then gets skinned. Lindelof delays attacks. And that that to me, that or we play a diamond possibly. So it's either Fred or Matic at the base, Pogba and Bruno as the eights, and then Donny van der Beek at not in at the tip of the diamond with Martial and Rashford playing as the split strikers. And we, we could possibly operate with that, but you know, we'll have to see what happens really. I, I personally think we'll end up going with a three at the back. I wouldn't be surprised if he plays McTominay and Fred as a pivot mm. with Bruno. Do you know what? I, I've got this really awful feeling. He's going to bench Pogba, but I I think he can't like, this is a game where we've got opportunity to take control of the midfield and without Pogba, I don't see us doing that.
1: Yeah, these are the games Pogba lives for. Exactly.
0: And he'll be up for it after last time against PSG where Tuchel got the entire midfield to mark him and, you know, he got sent off, obviously, and missed. And they have Herrera. Leg. <laughs> They've got Herrera, yeah. I think he'll get Herrera to man-mark Pogba, but I don't think he can get his entire midfield to mark Pogba again because, obviously, that leaves Bruno free. And you can't do yeah. that either. So yeah. Tuca will have a bit of a conundrum. And Bruno Fernandes actually has been confirmed; he's going to captain us tomorrow.
2: Oh wow, that's big for you. That, he should be your captain yeah. forward, I guess. Yeah,
1: he, he is. He's is a captain type player. I think he's, yeah, he's a leader. Yeah, he, he captain Sporting, and
0: I think it's a good thing. Anyway, yeah. Spurs and West Ham. This was a crazy game. So obviously, we started off with Kane and Son going wild, and. How many, how many goals do you reckon they're going to get between
2: them this season I mean Kane's already sitting on 5 goals and 12 assists so I, I, don't, want to go, I don't even want to put a number on it because they might just I could put on like 30-40 goals between them and they might just blow it out of the water you know yeah. I don't know I, I like Kane's new role of him coming a bit deeper and just spraying passes to Son because Kane's passing ability is absolutely phenomenal and I think it's something very, very underrated about him. but yeah Son and Kane do look like a very good partnership going forward and I think Maybe I can see them both hitting the double double and getting ten goals, ten assists plus. Both of them will definitely get ten goals plus, but I do see, and Kane, and Kane's already on seven assists. Uh, I do see them both maybe fifteen goals, ten assists between them.
0: Yes, yeah, it's, it's 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 going to be interesting to see. Certainly, Albi, uh, however, how many do you reckon? Any kind of predictions on how many?
1: Four each, probably a fair guess. Twenty each, maybe a little bit more, forty-five.
0: Yeah, I mean, I reckon
1: Kane's gonna get about
0: at least 25 goals, and I reckon if he stays fit, that is. Yeah. And Son, if he can be consistent, I reckon I see him having a 20-goal season. So yeah, I think. Yeah, I mean, you have around... to rely heavily on him being consistent, though, which doesn't. Yeah, matter. that's. He's known to be a bit of a patchy player in the past, but I said this a few weeks ago when Mourinho first took over at Spurs. I singled out Son as a player who would really thrive under him. To me, he's just a Mourinho player. And he's showing that so far. We just, It's all about consistency, but you know, he's got the ability. And Bale's return, uh, he didn't have the best cameo. You know, He missed a pretty big chance, which would have won the game for Spurs. And do we think he's just rusty a bit, Denzel? I mean, yeah, he hasn't really played
2: football properly for the best part of the year now. So I do think it is just down to rust. I do think we all see good
1: things from him. So
0: I don't think it's anything much for Spurs fans or anyone to worry about. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd agree, be. Would you agree?
1: Yeah, people's expectations were too high, you know. He's just come back from an injury as well. You, know, you, can't, you can't have too high expectations.
0: Yeah, I, I still find it so weird looking at him with the number nine shot, though. Yeah,
1: yeah that, that is one, just that not that right. That
0: horrible. <laughs> it's horrible. It doesn't work. Yeah, it needs to be changed. And the Spurs title talk, was it premature? Or do we think they're still going to actually challenge
2: I I jumped on the Spurs for the title bandwagon and I was loving it when they were up three 0 in the first half and I was just on Twitter telling everyone. Everyone thought I was wrong. Everyone laughed at me. And then I had to go somewhere, so I didn't actually get to watch the second half. And I come back to see the score is three three, and I just I didn't even tweet anything. I just decided to stay off Twitter because I messages a full of people telling me about how how much I'd um, jumped the
0: gun and got too excited. Yeah, this 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 is why you don't tweet too early. I mean, I still think they're going to be in the race. I reckon. A third is probably the highest they'll finish but they'll definitely put pressure on at the top I'll be like where do you rec- Where do you see them finishing
1: third probably I also jumped on the bandwagon and said that I think they'd win the league um, but yeah I mean I kind of forgot who they had at centre back you know I was getting too carried away with the Kane and Son kind of thing so yeah, yeah third. Thank I you. think third is a fair
0: yeah and I think talking about their centre backs is it time to consider Davinson Sanchez a
1: flop um. No, oh, sorry. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's not like a flop, but he's not. He's not a flop, but he's not turned out to what people thought he would be. But he's not like loads worse than what people thought he would be. I don't think.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think I th- I, I had higher expectations of him, especially seeing how he performed some of the time at Ajax, like against us in the World League final. He was excellent. Denzel, do you think that he? I think-, think he can do better. I think he can do better, but I wouldn't go as
2: far as to say he's a flop either. I kind of agree with what Alvi said there. He hasn't been exceptional, but I wouldn't say he's flopped either. And I still think he is not quite. He is quite young still, so I do think there is um, still more to come from him.
0: Yeah, and I mean, someone like Mourinho, if his methods work, then we can get the best out of him. But that capitulation, I mean, wow! That goal from Lanzini blew my mind. Like, how how did he even hit that so sort of perfectly? That was that was crazy. But that, that was, goal was amazing. I saw it and I was just like, oh my God, that, that's that's crazy. But the fact that they went from 3 0 up in the 82nd minute to 3 3, was that poor in game management? Was it down to the tactics or was it just Spurs being Spurs, Denzel? Uh, I would just say
2: it's Spurs being Spurs. You know, it just, you, they, you just got, so they just, can't, they just, that's the problem with Spurs, they just can't get over the finishing line. And I think that's something that James Munoz has tried to come and change, but I don't know if he can. I don't know if it's possible Spurs are just cursed, but yeah, I wouldn't say it's down to Mourinho or I wouldn't even say it's down. To, I don't even know what to say. It's just, you know, they just capitulate at the end and that was a great goal to be fair at the end. So it's kind of harsh to say Spurs played bad or Spurs. Oh, I guess you can. So it's kind of, yes,
0: yeah, as I said, it's, it's kind of hard to say where the problem is. Yeah, I, th- I think I, I, I agree. It's just Spurs being Spurs. I'll be. would you agree? Yeah, I don't I don't think you
1: can blame Mourinho for the goals. Really, you know, Lanzini, Banger, and then goal It's just Spurs being Spurs. Yeah, Yeah,
0: it's just, it's just, there's there's no club on the planet like them. Yeah, we used to be. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, anyway, um, so now let's talk about the Champions League back this week. And you know, one of the standout things about the Champions League is that there's going to be some fans in the stadium that's going to be nice to see. But Chelsea, Sevilla, Denzel, how do you see that going?
2: I mean, Sevilla are Europa League masters, so I don't, maybe they, they, they perform the way they do in the Champions League. But I don't know, the way we defended against, the way we played against um, Southampton recently, we started off really well. So if we can start off well, we have be able to get silver back. I'm hearing Mendy might be fit tomorrow as well. So I think we could win that. I'd say like 2-0, 2-1 Chelsea.
0: I think if you do win, it will be tight, but Jules Koundé looks really, really good at the back for them. Like, for all the hype about Opemenko, which I completely get because he's fantastic, Jules Koundé arguably looks even better.
2: That's true. Yeah, he does look good. But I, I still believe, I don't know if this is just Chelsea bias because I'm a Chelsea fan, but I believe yeah.
0: be I, mean, I I mean, I see what you're saying about Sevilla being just, they're just not the same team in the Champions League that they are in the Europa League. But... They are a really well drilled side. It'll be interesting to see can they keep it up and yeah, I'll be what do you think about that game?
1: Uh, I'm so happy we don't have be I've got flashbacks <laughs> from the from the Champions League, by the way. They are very good in the Champions League in twenty eighteen or twenty seventeen. Uh, yeah. They um, I mean, yeah, they knocked United out as well. And they Yeah, that they had some big problems with us in in the group stage, so they are a very good team in the Champions League as well. They've shown it in both tournaments. I think. Yeah, they, they, they can perform in big games. And uh could, could they, uh, is very very good centre back already at such a young age. Yeah, our our, our game against me in the
0: past, like they've shown they can win in the Champions League but never truly get the business number. Oh my god, that game that game makes me wake up in a cold sweat at 3 a.m. in the morning on a regular basis, <laughs> like just how, how how what, did, what was Mourinho thinking to drop Pogba, Martial and Rashford? He played a midfield tree of Herrera, McTominay and Matic in the Champions League knockout tie, which we needed to win. What was going through his brain, I'll never know. But that, that was when I, I thought, that was when I kind of turned on Mourinho a bit. That's when I first got annoyed with him. But no, so, so yeah, potential, it's, it's going to be a time we to be So we've spoken about PSG United, but quick predictions on who's going to win? Albie, PSG. Yeah, I agree. PSG comfortably as well. I think PSG will win, but I think it'll be tighter than people think. It really depends on how our midfield and our attack play, because we just we just know their attack is going to bully our defense. But if we if we can dominate the midfield and really get our attacks involved, I see us sneaking something. But I still think PSG will probably win. And. Yeah, City Porto again. Like quick predictions, I reckon comfortable City win. Yeah, I agree. Could that probably be a comfortable City game? Yeah, that's fair. Hmm. Ajax and Liverpool. I'll be like, what do you expect from that game? Ajax, overrated, Liverpool win. Yeah, I think I think Ajax back in eighteen nineteen were a fantastic side, but they've lost three really key play, four really key players now. They're just. Yeah, I think a Liverpool win even with the injuries and the kind of the impact that will have on the club. Just Ajax, just don't—they're not going to be the same side. Denzel, would you say the same? Yeah,
2: I agree. The European big clubs have just and quickly, just skin the Ajax, you know. So they've lost all their best players. They still have um, Neres, I'm a big fan of, but he's—he there's no way he can do that alone, you know. So Liverpool are probably the best side in England still, even with the injuries. So I think Liverpool can't back
0: into yeah and Bayern vs Aletico this is going to be an interesting one it's a complete clash of styles so what, 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 what are we saying about that I think Bayern I just think Lewandowski's too good for me he's it, when you factor in his performances his numbers over the, since the start of last season I think he's, he's, on a, he's on a level of his own as the best player in the world right now and I just think Aletico no matter how hard Simeone tries no matter how defensive he goes I just don't see them containing him
2: yeah, I agree with you there. But I I'm a big fan of Simeonis. So I would love for like a draw or a have to win. But if I'm gonna be realistic, I would say Bayern will win that game too.
0: Yeah, but I just I, I and I can he's the kind of manager where he could pull it off completely. But I still yeah. I I just can't look past this Bayern team. They just I've I spoke about them actually before everyone kinda of jumped on the Bayern hype bandwagon and, and just how amazing they are. But I still don't think people truly realise it. And uh Albie, do do, do do you think Bayern like, will win that game of
1: two? I'm going to go with a bit of a controversial thing and say they're going to win 5-0. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to, to steam them.
0: I can see that happening, but I can also see a 0-0 too, so it's halfway. <sighs> it's it's it's, yeah, it, it
1: could
0: be either. 5-0 win. See, the thing is, I can see it, but I just it's it's against the Simeone team. It's like, You just don't expect that kind of thing. That's Wow. Trust, trust me. They're gonna get, they gonna get steamrolled. I mean, I mean, if if they do, then you're a genius. But yeah, <laughs> I know. And, and and who do we see as the contenders to win it? The, the main contenders, yeah, Bayern.
2: This yeah, I don't yeah, see any. I don't see anyone
0: else in Europe them. I, I don't. I just, I don't see anyone else on their level right now. I think, I think this Bayern team are. You know, after this season, people will talk about them in the same breath they talk about Pep's Barca team with. That's how good they are. Yeah. I see them winning the treble again.
2: Oh wow! Yeah, that's that's unbelievable. No. I can see that, but I can see a shock. You know, football doesn't always go to plan. Yeah, so I can see a shock coming, and maybe a little bit.
0: I mean, one team I wouldn't sleep on is Real Madrid. They've got some pretty good young talents who are starting to kind of come good now. They're they're playing well. They look like a strong side. And if Sergio Ramos like decides not to get sent off in the round of 16 this time, and and he stays in, then like that would be big for them because we know the kind of player he is, the kind of impact he has on that Real Madrid team as a player and as a captain. Like, you know, he's arguably the best centre-back of all time. Yeah, I agree. I think Real Madrid have a chance there too. Yeah, I, th- yeah. I, think, I, can... I think they're the next best after Bayern at the moment. But I just don't see anyone touching Bayern. LBD, do you say, like, do you think any English teams can like, actually mount a challenge?
1: No, uh, without Van Dyke and not see us doing it really, I mean, their attacks are too good. City depends, I mean, they're never they're not, they're not as good in the Champions League, so probably not. now.
0: City or Spurs, but in Europe, basically,
1: yeah. yeah but I you know,
0: I, I, really I don't see English teams just doing anything this year, they just don't look strong enough unless. Unless, like you said, Olaid man, just produce some random magic and lead us to it. But I just, I again, I don't see it from anyone. If
2: United win the Champions League, that might just be the worst thing possible. That's that's actually the
0: worst thing I can actually imagine. I you
1: hundred quid if they win it? <laughs> I'm holding you to that.
0: <laughs> right. Anyway, that's that's it this for this week. But thank you for tuning in, guys. Thank you for joining us on the panel, and we'll see you again next week. Bye now.
1: Bye. Bye.